As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. But to me, breaking the stigma, breaking the paradigm that this is impossible comes when you see someone that you consider a peer or you're someone that is a friend already doing it. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E, you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created 
so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Salvador Eldred. Salvador, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Theo. Thanks for asking. Absolutely, and thanks for joining us. Looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Salvador. He is a full-time chemical engineer at Shell. He has 17 years of real estate investing experience, and his portfolio consists of 17 units spread over two different markets in Texas. His portfolio consists of single-family, duplexes, fourplexes, and one townhome. He's also invested in apartment syndications over 2,000 doors. He is based in Houston, Texas, and his website is S Aldret, that's S A L D R E E T dot typepad dot com. So, Salvador, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Yes, thanks for asking, Theo. So, let me tell you a little bit where I come from, how I got where I am today, and what we can start basing our conversation around. I was born in Mexico and I lived in Mexico until 94, and then I came to the United States to get a graduate degree. I graduated with a Master's of Science in Environmental Engineering and PhD in Chemical Engineering from Texas A&M University. To be honest, I never thought that I was going to stay in the United States. My intent was originally to go back to Mexico. I met my wife, who is a U.S. citizen, and the rest is history. I have worked for different chemical companies. I have lived in the Netherlands for seven years, and that was a great experience. We will get to talk a little bit more about that. And as I was preparing for our conversation, I drew lessons that I have learned in life from real estate and what they have taught me, and also uh, give to your listeners to, uh, the uh, a path how when one has dreams, when one has something that we really want, we can make it happen. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that background. It sounds like you're prepared. So I'll just let you take it away and you can go through your list. And then I'll ask some follow-up questions once you've gone through all those. Absolutely. So let me start going through some of the lessons and I number them. Real estate has taught me a lot and some of the experiences have been quite funny and I'm going to describe some of them. Some of them have been true learning lessons and I'm also going to talk about those because I don't want uh, other people to make the same mistakes that I made. Hopefully they will learn or they can learn from my experience. The first one is having a dream. So when you have a dream, when you set your mind on something, I think there's two elements. is the why and then there's the intensity on how bad you want it. And for me, it started from just first wanting to come to the States to get a graduate degree, to get a graduate education. And I made that happen through loans. I came to the United States with very little money on my pockets. I cannot say that I've been very fortunate and blessed through my life, but that's not to say that I came to the United States 
and I had hardships. I started at Texas A&M. I was admitted, but I came here with less than probably $1,500, hoping that I would find a job here, hoping that somehow I would make it happen. And I think that goes back to some stories that we have heard before that if you want to get somewhere and you want to get something accomplished, you get there and you burn the boat and you are forced to move forward. You build your wings, you throw yourself off the cliff. That happened to me. That was the first one. I achieved that. I achieved coming to the U.S., getting admitted to a really good university, finishing my degree, and then real estate. So I started thinking about real estate. I didn't know how to do it. It sounded just so overwhelming, owning even one house as a rental unit and keeping that dream, wanting that dream is really what keeps you motivated. I think success comes in the growth and what you become in the process of achieving a goal. I don't think that the success is really achieving that goal. And that has happened to me throughout my life. I have had dreams and I have kept working at it. Maybe I'll stop and see if you have any questions, otherwise I can go to the next point. I would just reiterate what you said about burning the boat and the wings. I know that's something that comes from, I think it's Napoleon Hill talked about that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that advice. I like your other analogy of grow your wings once you jump off the cliff. <laughs> yes, absolutely. If you want to do something, you got to commit. There's no turning back. The next one is finding mentors. So I told you that when I started real estate, I got overwhelmed. I didn't know where to start. I started reading many of the books that the listeners, just like me on on your podcast, have read, reach that for that, think and grow rich, uh, the millionaire mindset, et cetera, et cetera. And you can read as many books as you want, but at some point it helps a lot if you find someone that has done that already and you just talk to that person and you will at least be shown that path. For me, it happened to be a friend from work I wanted to invest, but I didn't even know where to start. And I was having lunch with my friend and he told me, oh yeah, I own a fourplex. And to me, that was overwhelming. Just one fourplex at that point was like, wow, how did you do that? He was kind enough to hook me up with his real estate agent. And from then I started talking to a real estate agent and he said, well, just come over and I'll start showing you properties. And from there I bought one and then another one and then another one. But to me, Breaking the stigma, breaking the paradigm that this is impossible comes when you see someone that you consider a peer or you're someone that is a friend already doing it. That to me was a major breakthrough. And many times that person is closer than what you think it is. It's also telling people what you want, right? If you want something keep yelling it to the world. And I don't know if this is what the book, The Secret, called The Law of Attraction or what, but if you keep telling people what you want, eventually it comes to you. Tell people that if you're looking for real estate, make it known. In my case, another maybe example is I wanted to live in Europe and I wanted to take my family and experience that there's a world outside the U.S., and I don't know how that happened, but we lived there for seven years. And it was just by making my intention known and people will help you. So for the mentor aspect, you're not necessarily saying that I need to go out and find a $10,000 a month coach. I just need to find someone who is doing what I want to do and just, in a sense, just see them doing it. Just see that it's possible. Someone that idea that you have some sort of relationship with and that's what helps you break through. 
right? Is that what you're saying? Uh, absolutely. You can go either route. You can go and pay for a coach, pay for someone that is going to keep cheering you, that is going to keep holding some sense of accountability with you, but you don't have to. I think just by getting to know your friends, by being curious when you have conversations with anyone that you meet at a social gathering, which I guess nowadays those are becoming fewer and fewer with uh, social distancing, but nonetheless, when you have a Zoom call at a meet or something like that, just be curious about what does the other person do, what are his or her experiences, et cetera, et cetera. And you'll find that they have done something that you are interested in and they will not charge you and they will share a lot of information free with you. So yes, Theo, it's basically that. You don't have to pay for a mentor. You can, but you don't have to. And then the, the third lesson you said it was, if you want something, tell everyone, make your intentions known. So what's the next lesson? So taking calculated risks, and maybe even it's even the beauty or the advantage of being naive. I started in real estate, and I knew nothing. If you would have asked me when I started in real estate about the 1% rule or discounted cash flow models to predict the return on my investment, etc., I knew very little. But I had a willingness to buy a house and to make it work. And I could do the basic calculations. How much was I getting on rents and how much was my mortgage going to be? I guesstimated, which <laughs> underestimated many times the expenses that I was going to have. And maybe the being naive is also what helped me become a little bit bolder about acquiring unit after unit. Probably if I would have known as much right now, as a, back then, I probably would have done what they call analysis paralysis. I probably would have just come up with an excuse every time not to buy a unit. But it's, a, it's taking calculated risks. I was thinking about some of the rentals that I bought in the past. At least one of them I bought with uh, checks that I got back then from credit card. I don't recall Discover credit card or something like that. My wife was terrified about even doing that. And I said, oh, we can pay them back. And today, would I do it? I don't know. I don't know if I would do that or not. But back then, I had the wheel. I was naive. And I did it. And everything turned out well. I bought units with rollover IRAs. Which you have to read about multiple topics. So one of my interests, in addition to real estate, is financial planning. And I'm in the process of becoming a certified financial planner. And it's about learning how to use the tax law and about how to use retirement accounts and estate planning and all that to your advantages. So I bought one or two units with a rollover IRA, which is if you have an IRA, you can withdraw money and you can put it back six within a span of 60 days and you don't pay the penalties. So I bought another unit with a rollover IRA. Anytime that you do something, there's going to be a risk. You just have to be aware of the risk and you have to be willing to take that risk. So anytime that you do something, going out of the house, buying something, there's going to be a risk. And I think when it comes to real estate, you just have to cover your bases. You just have to know what you're getting yourself into and you have to go for it. Totally agree. Let me talk about my next lesson. And this one I'm going to save a little bit because I know that there's another question coming later where I will get to talk more about that. But doing your homework before investing, I cannot stress how important this is. In real estate, you will be put an offer to consider. And you have to know what are the important things to ask, what are the things that can go wrong, 
you have to go by numbers. Real estate is a numbers game at the end of the day. There are many units that I have bought and I never saw. I was living abroad and I was relying on video and advice that my real estate agent was giving me. And I never fell in love per se with any single one of my units. Or I was looking at where the numbers, is it going to make money? What is my risk? What if something goes wrong and something will go wrong? Well, let's just rewind back to January. No one really knew the effect and the magnitude that COVID was going to bring to the world. Forget the U.S., the, the whole world. So you always have to think about what are your risks and is the risk something that you are willing to undertake? You got to do your homework. You got to also look very detailed at hidden fees, at things that are really not on the surface. Sometimes it's not to the best interest of the real estate agent to really show you completely and exhaustively all the expenses that you're going to incur. They are going to show you maybe performance, but you got to do your due diligence. You cannot just rely blindly in what they are telling you. You have to have a model, which I said at the beginning, I started knowing very little, but there's a, a number of books that I read. There was one on cash flow and financials of real estate, and I developed my own spreadsheets to start evaluating units. Nowadays, you can find many, many already made spreadsheets, and you can easily evaluate what is the risk and, and what are the things that you really need to know, and what are the things that move the needle? What are the value drivers in your opportunity? Is it occupancy? Is it taxes? Is it insurance? You got to see what are the major expenses or the major items in your profit and loss statement that are going to be making a difference in your cash flow. Do you think it's better to buy a model and then keep using that model without changing it? Or do you think it's important that everyone has their own customized underwriting model? Excellent question. You can buy a model. However, a model doesn't make up for using your brain. And I think what helps about building a model, even if it's a very simple one, is that you go through the calculations and you see, for example, how taxes are affecting the cash flows. How many years does it take to depreciate a unit, which nowadays, uh, depending on whether you invest on multifamily, where there's the opportunity to depreciate everything on year one, or if you depreciate it just as a normal residential unit to see whether you're on the 27 or 25, 35, et cetera, tax range, how is that going to affect your before and after cash flows? So it is good to do it for the first time. But for example, if you go to places like Bigger Pockets, they let you use their calculator for free. And that's a very good one. You can put yours together and just calibrate against what they predict. And it doesn't require a lot of time and you should be able to get to the same place. But I think it's important just from the learning perspective, just from seeing what the mechanics are, which is basically another piece of advice that I have for people. For those that start investing in single family residences or duplexes or fourplexes, which is not massive properties, even if you're going to employ a property manager, I would recommend that at least for one or two years, do it yourself. It teaches you so much on what the expenses need to be, what they do, contractors, et cetera, et cetera. All right, Salvador, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? I think if I were to choose the best investment advice is just to always keep 
trying something new, to never stop learning, never stop growing, and certainly never get overwhelmed by the size of a deal, for example. Don't get put down by the fact that you haven't bought a house or you haven't bought a duplex or a fourplex. Take it one step at a time. I think the real estate business is quite simple. It requires work, but it's quite simple. And going one step at a time is the way to go. So I would say take it one step at a time, never lose your will. And also you have to be very intent and very intentional from the beginning. What is your why? Because if your why is not there, anything is going to detract you from investing in real estate. All right, Salvador, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. I'm ready. Perfect. First, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Bob Malecki and his team at Resolution Capital Management partner with individuals to invest in distressed residential mortgage notes. If you're interested in doing a joint venture with them, where basically you invest alongside with them and sharing a portion of the profits based on how well that individual project goes, then go to rcm.company forward slash JV. That's rcm.company forward slash JV. Okay, Salvador, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I just recently finished reading a book that is called Think for Yourself. And the subtitle is Restoring Common Sense in an Age of Experts and Artificial Intelligence. I think this is particularly relevant for real estate investors because you learn to think for yourself. You're going to be thrown many assumptions and a lot of information. And many times we take that for face value and we really need to question. Is that really the occupancy? How are they going to keep tenants coming in? How are they going to keep increasing rents, et cetera, et cetera? Excellent book. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Very good question too. And maybe back in March or April, given that I'm still under a W-2 paycheck, it almost came down. You saw oil prices going negative and maybe I started thinking that too. And I would say that it would be a combination of real estate. I would go full-time real estate syndications, become an active syndicator as opposed to being a passive that I am right now, finishing my certified financial planner program and also go on a parallel path, being a financial planner and a real estate syndicator. Tell us about a deal that you lost money on. How much did you lose and what lesson did you learn? Thanks for asking. And this goes back to, I believe, the fourth point that I made. Years and years ago, I was invited to a syndication by a friend. And um, you have heard that when you're going to invest with someone is no like and trust element, right? You have to know the person, you have to like the person, you have to trust the person. Maybe the like is not a must, but the know and the trust that need to be. I thought I knew him, but I didn't. And I blindly handed over to him the amount of money for a syndication, which it was typical. I guess back then, as it is now, it's $50,000. And I never saw a penny out of that. It was a development complex in Corpus Christi, Texas. 
and I was taken for a full. So some of the lessons actually that I have indicated, they have come from different sources, but this one certainly was a very expensive school of hard knocks. And then on the flip side, tell us about the best ever deal you've done. Maybe I go back also to the advice that I gave at the beginning, which you just need to get started. There's never a good time or a bad time to invest in real estate. I started investing in real estate in the early 2000s. And if I rewind myself to that time, there were people who would tell me, wait, because real estate is going to be cheaper in a year or in six months or in two years. You need to wait. Or there were others that said, oh, no, no, just do it right now. The best deal that I've ever made is probably get started in the first apartment. Right now, it was a duplex. It's almost paid for just with the rents on equity, and it probably has more than double in price. What is the best ever way you like to give back? Good question. So right now, different ways, right? But I like paying back or paying forward what I have been given. I like mentoring people. I like sharing my knowledge. My philosophy is that I like making people smarter than I am. When I'm approached by someone that wants to learn from me, that wants help, I always want to improve them. I want to make them smarter than I am and more successful than I am. The other one is recently, now through the pandemic, with my daughters and my wife, we have been going out to our neighborhoods around the house, and we have been putting flyers for a food bank. So we have been collecting food and just donating it to a local food bank. And that actually takes your mind away from all the media bombarding of news and also everything that you see going around to just giving, to focusing on others rather than yourself. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? You can reach me through email, s.aldred at gmail.com and through the type path. I have a blog, the type of address, which uh, will be included in the episode's notes. Perfect, Salvador. I really appreciate you coming on the show and being really prepared to share with us your list of lessons that you learned and giving us examples for each of those lessons. So your first one was having a dream. So it has two components, which is the why, and then having a very strong intensity for how badly you want it. You gave us the example of you coming to the U.S. with really no money. And you gave us the Napoleon Hill anecdote of arriving and then burning your boat so you either survive or die. And then you have your own analogy of jumping off the cliff. And once you jump, again, you grow wings or you die. And then you mentioned how essentially you need to commit to your why and that'll give you that intensity. Your second lesson was finding mentors. But you mentioned that it can be the traditional paid mentorship route but you can also do a free route, which is to find someone that you know. Your example was your friend who did a fourplex and they're doing something that you want to do, maybe that next step that you are having some sort of obstacle or mental block. And then by seeing them do it, it gives you that confidence to kind of break through to take the next step towards accomplishing that next goal. The third lesson was that if you want something, Make sure you tell everyone about it. Make your intentions known. And your example was you and your family living overseas for seven years. Lesson number four was taking calculated risks. So you talked about in the beginning of real estate, it was actually helpful. I can totally relate with this. Uh, being naive helped you overcome the analysis by paralysis. So you skin into real estate, you don't know anything. You're super jacked up. You do some deals. And then once you learn more, you realize the risks and they maybe don't take as much action as you should be. Like that's essentially what analysis by paralysis mm -hmm. is. So you mentioned that 
you want to take risks, but they need to be calculated. So you need to be aware that there is a risk, but you need to be willing to actually take that risk. And in order to mitigate the negative outcomes, you have lesson five, which is doing your homework before investing. So knowing what questions to ask, analyzing what can go wrong, realizing that real estate numbers games, making sure you know how the cash flow calculator works that you're using. Make sure you keep looking out for the hidden fees and the details and making sure you know what the value drivers are when you're analyzing a deal, looking at profit and loss statements. The sixth piece of advice was self-manage for a few years. So rather than going straight into getting a third-party management company, manage the properties yourself so you understand what it takes to successfully manage properties, but also you know what actually result in your property is not doing so well. So when you eventually do get third-party, you know what works and what doesn't work. And then your best ever advice was to always keep trying something new. So never stop learning, never stop growing. And also you said don't get overwhelmed by the process. And then again, if you mentioned in the first lesson, which is to be very intentional with your why from the very beginning. So really appreciate you coming to the show, Salvador, and sharing with us your distilled advice. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Theo, and thanks to everybody that listened to the podcast.